0: back with you another edition of the degenerate hawkeyes podcast trent and biz talking hawkeyes with you well biz it was a friday night game it was one of the outer games that i have seen because i was calling another football game at the Unitedome in the state quarter uh, semifinals with a couple of games going on. So I watched it. I watched the replay again on the DVR when I got home. I listened to sound off on my drive back from Cedar Falls, but still doesn't quite feel like a normal Iowa football game on a Friday.
1: Well, since you didn't get to see it in person, I'll just summarize it for you. The, the Gophers suck. They, uh, they are a bad football team. I, I don't know how you can go – from winning whatever they did, eleven games last year, to being that atrocious on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, that was the first time in a long time that we just absolutely manhandled a team on the uh, line of scrimmage. I mean, that that looked like a a Middle Tennessee State or a you know, Northern Illinois type of mismatch up front. And there were times we were we were pushing people seven eight yards down downfield in every play, and uh, Unfortunately, the only people that didn't understand that apparently was our uh, our offensive coaching staff for quite a while because we uh, we refused to simplify things and just uh, make it as easy as possible, which, uh, you know, as Iowa fans, we all know nothing comes easy. So, But, uh, man, I was amazed how bad the Gophers were.
0: I thought they were going to struggle defensively coming into the year, but what we've seen out of that group up in Minnesota, it is just god-awful there. Offensive line, that is... Not had the continuity that you'd normally anticipate. quite cronk has been banged up. They've had different guys coming in and out, but still, they're playing at an incredibly high level. You know, the pass blocking numbers for Larry Jackson have always been good from Pro Football Focus throughout his career. Run blocking, though, has made a big improvement, especially here the last couple of weeks. There, good to see an offensive line that that seems to be rounding into form as we get to the back half of the year.
1: Uh, Larry Jackson's an interesting guy to me, Trent, because he's phenomenal 90% of the time. And then <laughs> twice a game, uh-huh. I don't know if it's a, a missed assignment or maybe it's not his fault entirely. And, you know, it's somebody else is missing an assignment, but twice a game. He just, he just whips or, or just doesn't touch anybody. So uh, it's either, it's either absolutely great or absolutely awful. There doesn't seem to be a, uh, you know, much in between with him.
0: Not a whole lot of great for the quarterback, Spencer Petras and, Really, that was my biggest takeaway going back and watching. I get it, it's a different viewing experience. Kind of had some preconceived notions going into it. But going back and watching it, it just, it's not there. I know it's four games in. I know this guy is making his first career collegiate starts. But my takeaway right now, Spencer Petrus is not going to be the guy that elevates this program. Can he keep them where they've been? Can he pe- keep them solid in... We get back to a normal 2021, 20, and they can go eight and four, nine and three, sure. But to take that final step, get back to a championship game, ultimately win a Big Ten championship, I don't see it with Spencer Petras.
1: I'm not ready to go that far yet. I am ready to say that it's not going to be real pretty for him this year. Um, and to me, this coaching staff has to kind of view the rest of this year as kind of the reverse of 2004. I mean, if you remember 2004, our running backs were dropping like flies. We got down to Sam Brownlee and Aaron Mickens as our options. Um, And the coaching staff did an amazing job of adapting to the personnel that year. Um, I think we just have to do that this year. I think we have to realize these next four games, especially as the weather is going to get worse, we're going to have to impose our will on people. And and to me – 80% 80% of our passes need to be coming off play action. I mean, he seems to be more comfortable off play action. You can do some of those drag routes and, and uh, you know, just simple play action routes where you shorten the field and make him more look at one side of the field on play action. Uh, I just think almost everything has to be based off the run these next four games. And, and if we don't do that, we're going to lose. I mean, it just, I, I didn't understand. It, it's frustrating to me. As good as we were running the ball on Saturday, it took us until the start of the fourth quarter to finally fully realize, hey, let's let's not overthink this. Let's just hand the ball off and uh, dominate. So, I don't know. The next four games, to me, needs to be a, the bizarro 2004 Hawkeyes. It needs to be run, 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 and then play action off the run.
0: It's uh, some interesting numbers here. Scott Docterman of The Athletic. Came out with an article talking about sophomore quarterbacks, saying a couple of things that that popped out. Drew Tate, of course, started during that 2004 year. His first road game went eight to nineteen, 44 yards, and after waiting through a rain delay. <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah, uh, we they, remember that they one. They made,
1: made the trip to that game. That was a rough
0: one. Ricky Stanzi, his first start against a Power Five opponent, Iowa State. He was pulled after completing five of 14 passes, 92 yards, and two interceptions. Nate Stanley missed on his first four passes against Josh Allen in Wyoming. Jake Rudock threw an interception in a tie game as they lost to Northern Illinois. Sophomore quarterbacks, apparently it's not always a thing of beauty, as we can see with those numbers.
1: Yeah, I saw that article. I I have not read it yet, Um, and I will probably do that tonight. But the one thing – and those are some interesting numbers. But the one thing that I seem to just recall, off the top of my head, is that by game four, all four of those quarterbacks seemed to be kind of trending in the right direction and had made some strides in the right direction. And right now, I don't think you can say that with with Beatrice. He just doesn't seem to be improving the way you'd like him to. And you know, you kind of said, you know, kind of talked about, can we, will he ever get there? I don't know. I mean, that's. I guess I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to give up on the guy at this point, but I do think uh, to think he's going to make major strides in season right now with the craziness that's going on in 2020. I think is is pretty foolish. He he is what he is for this year, which is a, a pretty limited quarterback.
0: My biggest concern. You look at the uh, group of sophomores, six of them: Drew Tate, Jake Christensen, Stanzie, Rudock, Stanley, and now Petrus. The only one that didn't wasn't completing 60 percent of his passes at this point was Jake Christensen, and uh, I know, small sample size. We didn't get non-conference games to pad those numbers against, you know, a Mac school, an FCS school, something like that, and and that I think plays a part of it too, but that was something that jumped out. Alas, I was dominated, dominated the last two weeks, and you had Biz uh, work a little stat boy magic here. What did he come up with this week? Yeah, I gave Stat Boy a pretty
1: straightforward, simple assignment, Trent, which is uh, how often do we dominate uh, big ten opponents in back-to-back weeks like that? And uh, as always, Stat Boy uh, overperformed and got me way more than I asked for. But there's some interesting info to dig into. So you ready to
0: hop in the old time machine? Let's go back, see what you got.
1: Well, the initial question I asked Stat Boy, it would have been a very short assignment because I asked him, how often have we beat Big Ten opponents by 28 or more in back-to-back weeks? And you want to guess what the answer is to that?
0: Uh, 2002.
1: You're, you're saying one time only in the era. Yes. You are correct, one time only, but it's actually much much more recent than that. In the era, it's only happened once, and it happened four years ago, 2016. Hmm. After the uh, Michigan miracle where we uh, – We pulled off the win as the last second field goal. The last two games of the the regular season, we destroyed opponents. We went to Illinois and won 28-0. We came home on my 40th birthday and whooped the Huskers 40-10. So, uh, ended the year on an extremely high note. Um, Unfortunately, as we all know, it did not carry over to the bowl game as we got destroyed by Florida 30-3. So, uh, that is the one and only time that we have – beaten up Big Ten opponents as we, as bad as we have the last two weeks. So, Stat Boy expanded it a little bit and said, how many times have we beat Big Ten opponents back-to-back by three touchdowns or more? And uh, when you expand it out to three touchdowns or more, what's your guess? Right? How many times?
0: Three touchdowns or more. How many, how many seasons? How many different times have we beaten – Big
1: 10 opponents by, by three touchdowns or more in back-to-back Back-to-back.
0: Back. I'm going to say it's happened five times. You, you obviously are cheating, Trent, because you're correct again. <laughs>
1: this, five, five times it's happened. This, this, this is our sixth. So let's go back. And The first time it happened was the year that you guessed previously, the old right. 2002 year, um, kind of similar to the, what we talked about in 2016 because we ended the year of the regular season on an incredible high note destroyed Northwestern 59-16 to 16, and then went up to the Dome, beat the Gophers 45-21, to 21, and, and took down their goalposts. So, uh, but once again, Trent, you jumped forward, and what happened in the bowl game that year?
0: Well, USC decided they were going to play a little football in the second half.
1: Yeah, got whooped by USC, so it didn't carry over, but I'm not sure how much you can blame that on when you have what we have, like a seven-week break or something. <laughs> right. I saw it, uh, the Hawkeye Chronicles, whatever the guy that does the uh, this day in Hawkeye history. Uh, we were our season was done on whatever it was, November sixteenth that year, and we did, literally didn't play in the bowl game until January third. So uh, it's basically an entirely new season when you take seven weeks off.
0: All right, so we, so we got O two. That was that an was easy good. one. We jump
1: ahead two years to to the year that I was talking about earlier, the uh-huh. the year of all passing, two thousand four. Um, and crazy year, but we, we had back-to-back dominating wins against Michigan State, 38-16, and then we whipped Ohio State at home, 33-7. Our next game that year, Trent, we went to Happy Valley. <laughs> you remember? Do you remember what happened in Happy Valley? Too? Oh yeah, it's the infamous 6-4 game. 6-4 game. So, but it's an interesting thing, Trent, because that game, as you'll see as we go through, is the only time that we followed up uh, two butt-kicking performances with a victory. So uh, not a great omen, but, but it was a win. Six to four certainly wasn't pretty, but a win is a win. So the third time it happened, you jump ahead to a, a season that's I think kind of similar to this year, 2008 year, where uh, a lot of bumps early in the year, and then the team seemed to get better as the year went on. Um, and that included dominating wins, 45-9 to against Indiana, and then we destroyed the Badgers at home, 38-16. to 16. Um, But then you remember where we went? We went on the road and laid an egg against two the next week.
0: 2008, that was the year that they lost early to Pitt. Who else did they lose to that year? Was it Northwestern?
1: No, Illinois. We, we lost 27-24, just a, an awful game. It was a very windy game. We played terrible. It was the only loss of I think the last seven games that year. We uh, started I think three and three and ended whatever nine and four. So we mm-hmm. we uh, laid nag Illinois. So again, two two dominating wins followed by uh, an under underwhelming performance. So the fourth time was the 2016 year that we already talked about, and the last time Trent was just two years ago, 2018. We uh, whipped. Indiana forty two to sixteen on the road. We came home and and beat up on Maryland, shut them out twenty three to nothing. And then we went again to Happy Valley. And what happened in Happy Valley in two thousand
0: eighteen? T J Hawkinson running with nobody within forty yards of him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Lost thirty to twenty four. Incredibly frustrating loss. So uh let's sum up the stat boy info. We five times in the past we have had dominating performances in big 10 games back to back. And uh, it hasn't carried over to week three. We've been one and four. The only win was a six to four all time, uh, epic score. Um, so, so not great signs pointing forward to our return trip to happy Valley. I will say we are one and one when we've gone to happy Valley after two straight. So, uh, not, not the uh, omens I was looking for when I gave Stat Boy this assignment. So.
0: Not going to continue the momentum. Well, it, some of those were at the end of the season. I, I'm not going to draw too much here. So what do you see with uh, Penn State as we look for? Well, anything else from Stat Boy before we wrap up there?
1: No, that's it. He, uh, I kept it short and sweet this week. He's been uh, – I, I, the last couple weeks I gave him a little more detailed assignments. <laughs> and uh, I think – Shocking me, I think Stat Boy's actually been, had a, been busy with his real-world job. No, no way. It would be, It'd be surprising to know that being a Stat Boy is not his full-time job.
0: That sounds made up. There's no I think he'd like
1: busy. it to be, but it's
0: not. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get into Penn State. They're 0-4, but the Indiana game, they dominated. I, guy takes a knee on the one, they win that game. Statistically, just absolutely throttled Indiana. They lose on a two-point conversion that nobody still knows if he was actually in or not. Ohio State, they went. Not toe-to-toe with the Buckeyes, but they were there. There were some decisions. That could have been a closer game. And then the wheels have fallen off since then. They come back. They make a run at Nebraska. Can't get back over the hump. What Penn State team do you anticipate to see Saturday afternoon?
1: Well, that's a good question. I think it depends on which Iowa team you see. I think if we come out, and punch them in the mouth, and are physical, and can get off to a good start. I think this is a Penn State team that is ready to to pack up shop and just quit. But on the flip side, if we come out and give them some confidence, and, and they, uh, you know, get off to a good start, then I think we're in for a battle. I mean, to me, this is a really good determination. You know, halfway through the year to find out is this hawk team really any good or not? Because I'm not sure we know that. I and mean, I think the two teams we've beaten, Michigan State and Minnesota are both really bad. I think they both have a lot of flaws. Um, and Penn State clearly has some flaws also. But they're Penn State's always going to have plenty of talent. And, and if you uh, let that talent get some confidence, then you're probably in trouble. So I I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to go out and, and punch a, uh, a team in the mouth and really show that we, we can be a physical tough team. And so – you know, I think we'll find out a lot about the Hawks this week, as you know. Like you said, Penn State's 0 4, but they're uh, they're always going to be they're always going to have just as much or more talent than us, and you know it's a it's an interesting game to me that it's going to going to show us are we are we a good team or not?
0: Defensively, line's really stout. Tony's still there. Shelton's good in the middle. Owe, he's good on the outside. They're good up front. Their linebackers kind of stink this kind of reminds me at least the front seven of what we saw from Minnesota last week, some decent guys on the line, but the linebackers are not very good. Boy, this feels like another game. If the offensive line continues to mature the way that it has, you can take a big step forward. But if your Penn state isn't your game plan, what we anticipated was going to be last week, stack the box. They have better guys that can do that and certainly split through the defense and say, Petrus, you're going to have to beat us.
1: I think the last three weeks have really shown, Trent, when teams have bad linebackers, Brian Ferentz is a really good offensive coordinator. And it goes back to the bowl game last year also. When, when your linebackers are not disciplined and, and you know can be fooled by motion and, and things like that and in play action, you know, Brian has a lot of options at his disposal. You know, Northwestern showed when you when you can have disciplined linebackers and a disciplined front seven we're in trouble. We we don't really, uh, we don't adapt very well when a front seven is as disciplined as Northwestern is. But I agree with you. I don't think Penn state has that discipline and I think we can, uh, we can exploit those, those, uh, mistakes of theirs. If we stay patient, I think this is a perfect game where you got to pound the ball and you got to stay patient. It may not be pretty. You may have some three and outs where where you run the ball and it doesn't work, but, uh, I think this is a team where you can exploit some of their uh, deficiencies if you stay patient.
0: So we can beat this team. You can get the victory, play smart, and don't let them get anything early on. This is a very wounded team. You don't want to do anything silly, give up a block punt, something like that. This is a game you play clean, you play well, and like you said, you punch them in the mouth right away. They're not going to wilt. They're not going to quit. They didn't do that last week against Nebraska, but this is a much more physical Iowa team, and, they might just be happy and content. Eh, let's go through the 60 minutes and we'll lose it at
1: 27-17. Well, and this seems like Penn State's offense and quarterbacks especially seem like the type of quarterbacks that, that Phil Parker is feast on. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen the last two weeks. He made Lombardi and Morgan look god-awful, which that amazed me. I, I thought Tanner Morgan was a really good quarterback against Iowa last year. And he looked horrible last week. and. I don't think either of their quarterbacks. Clifford clearly has no confidence at all. And Levis is, I'm not sure that guy's even a quarterback. He's a really good athlete playing quarterback. But, uh, you know, I just, I think this is a game where we can uh, really frustrate their quarterbacks. And, and if we, uh comes down to what we always talk about, Trent. If we can put up uh, 24 points or more, I think we win the game.
0: 28 points or more. The magic number, will they get there? Well, let's see. Right now, figure things out with our Picks, folks, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. Why didn't you say that before? (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, neither of us are 52% of the time right now, biz. You uh, had a winning week, you get your record up to five, six, and one. I ultimately went one and one, as one of my games was a no contest, Troy. Was taken off the board, but we both bought the Hawkeyes a victory by both going with the Gophers, so that should be worth something, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm four and zero in my best bets, Trent. So just just <laughs> listen to those. And for the second week in a row, I, I took them for the team, and I'm going to take them for the team again this week. There's no way in hell I'm I'm picking the Hawks because I'm zero and four in my Hawk prediction so far. So uh, keep the reverse jinx coming. Give give me Penn State plus three and hope I'm. Uh, in my hawk
0: pick. All right, so you'll take the three. I'm going to take the under in this game. You said getting to 28. I still don't see it happening with the quarterback situation at Iowa. So I'm going to go under the 48 in the Iowa-Penn State matchup. Biz, your favorite pick in the Big Ten in our three picks for the week.
1: Well, Before we move past the Iowa pick,
0: I'm still just absolutely
1: amazed at Elite Sportsbook and their refusal to uh, (laughs) – Adjust their season lines. I mean, yeah. once again, they were a full touchdown off, and you could, and we did. Yep. You could bet Iowa plus three and a half, literally five minutes before they adjusted the line and put it out as Iowa minus three. I mean, it was six and a half points off, and they didn't, uh, they didn't move it an inch. They just left it out there for people to bet. So, uh, you know. It amazes me because it's happened multiple weeks. Right now, you can still get Iowa minus 10 versus Illinois in two weeks, which I I think that line's way off as well. But uh, it it blows my mind, Trent. Hopefully we continue to uh, take advantage of their uh, ignorance or stupidity over there because they're they're off by a touchdown again this week.
0: They just like handed out money. Well, if you've uh, looked at the the monthly income for the casinos in the sports betting world, they're not crying any tears. They'll let a little something open for people because – the casinos continue to make money hand over fist against our betters. There's a little window that we can at least maybe carve out a little something. What do you got in the Big Ten, Biz?
1: Give me uh, Pat Fitzgerald and the Fighting Wildcats, Trent. I I think Northwestern is a legitimately good team. I think they've got, we talked about four an absolutely great front seven. I think Wisconsin is going to really struggle against Northwestern. They always struggle against Northwestern. Those games are always close. It's now plus seven and a half. I'm not saying Northwestern goes and wins, but if it, it goes into that game and beats the Badgers. But, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they did. Um, you know, I still question how good Wisconsin is. I think they, uh, are still going to have some bumps in the road with all the, the time off they had. And if there's a team that can exploit some of those bumps in the road, it's, uh, it's Northwestern. They're, uh, a very disciplined team. And I think this is a really close game from start to finish. So, uh, Give me Northwestern plus
0: seven and a half. All right, let's uh for me go to Friday night, and this doesn't make a lick of sense. We've seen Minnesota. Minnesota is awful. Purdue is competent. Just a field goal here. What am I possibly missing? I understand short week for Purdue, extra day for Minnesota. It's back on the road again for Purdue here, but I think the difference is absolutely stark. Now, Purdue ran the ball for two yards against Northwestern. Minnesota is not Northwestern defensively. What am I missing? Leaving the laying a field goal with Purdue seems automatic.
1: I think you just hit the nail on the head, though. That Purdue can't run the ball, and Minnesota's huge deficiency is run defense. So I don't. I, I just. I the longer we've gotten into this season, the more we're going to really really look back on that Purdue loss and be yeah. a head scratcher. I, I could see Purdue losing every game the rest of the way out. I just don't think they're they're all that great of a football team. And so I don't think Minnesota is either, but uh, I, I wouldn't be overly confident about Purdue to cover anybody in the Big Ten right
0: now. Fair enough. And uh, Purdue after this one, Rutgers, Nebraska, Indiana on the road to wrap things up. Best bet of the week. You can go anywhere that you want. Biz, I'm going to my beloved American Athletic Conference and I'm laying a field goal again, as I did with Purdue. I'm doing it this time with SMU at home for Houston. That game's canceled, Trent. What? Yeah, it got canceled earlier today. Yeah, jeez. All right, well, back to the drawing board. What do you got?
1: Uh, I'll go to Bedlam. I think uh, Oklahoma, these two teams are just trending in opposite directions right now. Oklahoma, as they always are by the end of the year, they are the best team in the Big 12 right now. Um, I hope they get an opportunity. If if Iowa State uh, ends up making the Big 12, Championship game, which makes me puke in my mouth a little just by saying it. If they make it there, I hope they're playing Oklahoma because I think Oklahoma is a a night and day different team than they were uh, a few weeks back. And I think Oklahoma State got a lot of injuries. They're just not all that good. Give me Oklahoma minus seven and a a complete butt whooping in Bedlam.
0: All right, Boomer Sooner for Biz. And, uh, well, I had a no contest last week and was almost going to have one this week. All right, let's see what I got you've uh, yelled at me many times in the past for picking in bad general, teams yeah. picking bad teams right and there's something that's yeah. jumping out here it's the worst team of the big 12 Kansas plus 29 and a half this is not a bet on Kansas this is a bet against Texas they always play down to their competition I'm getting more than four touchdowns give me the Jayhawks plus 29 in the hook uh,
1: that degeneracy at its best when you're when you're you're jumping on the Jayhawks football trade.
0: I got problems. I have problems. What can you say? All
1: right, Biz, I
0: I, if I remember, they almost beat
1: Texas last year. So uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I think they should have beat Texas last year. So, uh, but uh, still, it's Kansas trip.
0: It is Kansas. We're jumping aboard, Biz. Let's get out with this. Hey kids, gather around for Biz's beat of the day. Okay, here's Biz's beat of the day. <laughs>
1: Uh, Trent, business B of the day has to do with our, I guess you call it a mask mandate that we now have in the state. So if I understand it correctly, Trent, uh, I'm, I'm now supposed to wear a mask, except where if I go to church, I don't have to. If my kids go to school, they don't have to. If I'm eating meals, I don't have to. If I decide to go to a bar and booze it up, I don't have to, or if I go to any Indoor place, and I can get in and out and do my shopping in 14 minutes or less. I don't have to. So, uh, oh, Trent, it's just you and I are diehard Iowans. We were born and raised here, but man, it's getting frustrating to uh, call yourself an Iowan right now. So, just if you're going to put a damn mask mandate in place, make it a real mask mandate.
0: Naperville is calling, I think, for you, Biz. You would fit in incredibly well in Naperville.
1: Uh, that's, we both know that's not true. But uh, <laughs> from, from from a mask standpoint, yes, I would. I, I am by no means a, uh, you know, I'm not the type of person that's wearing a mask all day, every day. But uh, how hard is it to just put a frickin' mask on when you go into an indoor place with people that you haven't been associated with?
0: Pretty easy. Pretty easy, but... The world that we live in is always about number one and nobody else. Hopefully, we can get better. Well, hopefully next week we'll have a basketball schedule biz because we sit here Wednesday at one thirty-eight. At least from today, they'll be
1: playing, so they have to be, they have to have at least a one-game schedule
0: out there. Yeah, maybe they'll just do a one-off there. They're supposed to play Wednesday, Friday next week. Point spreads? Did you see this? Point spreads are out for the North Carolina and Gonzaga matchups. No, what are
1: they? Well, let me let me guess. Okay I'll say North Carolina is not very good. So I'll say Iowa by 8.5 against North Carolina. 5.5. 5.5. And Uh, and Gonzaga, I think probably about the flip side of that. I'll say Gonzaga by 4.5.
0: Just 1.5. I have uh, already jumped on the Zags at that number. That's all Gonzaga is laying there. Hopefully we get those games more than anything. And if I lose a bet, that is okay. I just want to be able to see those games and see Iowa basketball for – 27 regular season games, maybe a Big Ten tournament, and, of course, a long run in the Big Dance, all from Indianapolis. How about that?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, you, you've been worried the last couple of weeks they're not going to have a schedule. Obviously, they're planning for a, a full schedule all the way through March. We'll see if it actually happens. But uh, it's funny that they've, they've created the schedule for March, but they don't have the schedule created for next week.
0: Well, we will talk next week. Hopefully, we'll see if we can find some time before Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday, the Hawkeyes, and Nebraska, but before that, Penn State this week. Biz, we'll do it again. Thanks. All right, go Hawks.